0: Welcome back to another installment of the Healthy Perspectives podcast. We are pumped to be back with you guys. As usual, I'm joined by my main man in podcasting, Mr. Wayne Rogers. Hey.
1: Thanks Ivy. Today we're talking with Michelle Ward, a two-time breast cancer survivor, business coach, and incredible mother who's been able to turn her emotional and physical struggles into empowering messages for people who might be struggling themselves. She went in for a checkup, eight years ago, and by letter of all things, found out of her diagnosis the day before Thanksgiving.
0: After reeling from the news, she did what any true musical theater kid would do. She picked up her ukulele, she turned on her camera, and she began to spread her message. Michelle is a truly inspirational lady, and we cannot wait to share her story with you. So without further ado, let's get into the show.
2: be so bad. I got boob cancer. Yes, I got boob cancer.
0: I totally agree that it's ridiculous, but I'm gonna give it a kick. The wrong lady, it's a it pick. I got boob cancer.
1: Yes, I got boob cancer. Oh, uh, gosh. Eight years ago I by, letter, by letter. That's yes, how you yes, received this. That's yes. ridiculous. By letter. Uh, if you don't mind, do, do you remember exactly how you felt and what was going through your mind that moment of diagnosis?
2: I think for me, I remember, I think that day just letting it sit and being, you know upset and devastated. It was, um, for us and well, let's just get super personal. Um, at that point in time, my husband and I were trying to get pregnant. And so a lot of what went through my head, um, I think at first, when you don't know what phase you're in and you don't know how serious it is, you know, there's that mortality piece of, is this going to kill me? What's going to happen and what? And, um, Mm -hmm. and then there was also that piece of, you know, we were trying at that point to have a baby for over a year and it was like, oh well, that's not happening anytime soon. And that was this under sort of devast this like emotional devastation. Um, yeah. that just like a
0: wave after a wave, wave yes, of yes, yeah. Yes.
2: But but then by like the next day, I was very much in like fix it mode, like, what do I need mm-hmm. to do? And what do I need to know? And what doctors do I need to contact? And how am I gonna tell my clients? And what and like the more I could give myself things to do, almost like that's how I dealt with it. Um, and then thankfully, once, once I got that initial diagnosis of, oh, well, it's quote unquote just phase one, um, because actually it shouldn't have been based on the, the um, size of the, of the tumor that they removed. They didn't think it was going to be size one, but it turns out um, a large part of that tumor they removed was precancerous. Was so like the, the actual size of the actual tumor that actually has cancer makes you one. Um, and then that just felt like it was a relief in so many ways. Um, and then it was just like, this is something I need to get through. This is something I need to get through. And I just felt like this is going to be a real crappy year, but after that, like my life's going to move on. And so that's kind of, I think also what I was thinking at that point in time. Yeah.
0: Where did you go back in 2011 for your information about your cancer and your treatment when you were diagnosed? Like, where were you looking? I mean, the online space was obviously very different, um, back in that year. Do you remember? Yeah, I do.
2: Um, I think immediately I got connected to like actual people. Um, so once I, once the news was kind of out there, I would get, Oh, I have this friend, I have this person, I have this thing. And, and from there you would get, different organizations and different information. And the person who helped me the most was a woman named Beth, who my brother worked with, um, who was also a cancer survivor. And she was someone who potentially even before I like, quote unquote, went public with everything, when I still was just dealing with it and only kind of my, my family, my very close friends knew um, I spoke to her and she would spend hours with me. Um, she would have me, you know, scan my test results and pathology reports. And she was almost like, she's a real estate agent, but I kind of don't know why. i was like, you could be a, like a doctor at, at any <laughs> second. Um, just so, so knowledgeable and so helpful. And I don't know if it was her who introduced me to Young Survival Coalition. Um, but I heard that name from quite a few people. Um, and that I went to their website and someone told me like, they have this binder full of like all the information that you need, um, that they, that they give you for free when you're diagnosed if you're, if you're a woman under 40, I think. Um, and so I went to their website and I signed up for the binder and they mailed it to my house and, um, (laughs) they were an organization that just felt like, okay, this is, you know, I was 33 years old, so it just felt like a lot of the information out there is geared toward much older people. Founder. Um definitely. So yeah. I found my way to them. I found my way to Stupid Cancer, which is a cancer nonprofit specifically for young people as well, but for with all types of cancer. I think that was through a friend who, like, knew the founder. Um, mm-hmm. I signed up for the Avon 39 walk, like, probably the month after I was diagnosed, but that was just because... Wow, I knew that it existed and it was something that I've been wanting that I wanted to do for a really long time. And I never did. And I went, okay, well this is the year I'm going to do it because um, it's going to help me. I knew that throughout all my treatments, I need to have a reason to like go outside and, and move my body even if I'm just walking and not doing major exercise. Um, So I signed up for that and that was helpful. So it was like, it was definitely, um, it was definitely more of those like personal connections. Let me get you in touch with someone that's been through it and, and you know, Mm -hmm. or people saying, Oh, this person has found this helpful, or I know about this organization. Like it's just, it it was all about that like first person connection.
0: Yeah. So you, it sounds like that connector was really like a gateway to uh, the rest of the Yeah. The pieces that sort of came into play for you. Yes,
1: absolutely. Is there any advice that you would give to somebody, uh, who's probably going through a diagnosis as we speak?
2: Yeah. Um, I think that (laughs) it's kind of brought up before, like feel your feelings. I feel like is a, is a good way to put it. Um, you know, let yourself be angry when you need to be angry. Let yourself be sad when you need to be sad. Um, I think that everyone needs to deal with it and the way that fits for them and works for them and, and, and is helpful to them. Um, I, I, I want everyone to know they're not alone. So even if you don't necessarily have, um, the support of your family or people around you, cause everyone, your loved ones are all going to deal with this in their own way. Mm-hmm. I was very lucky that my family, um, was very supportive, but I've heard oh, husband horror stories really from other breast cancer survivors and some Facebook groups mm-hmm. oh, that, no. that I've been in. Um, without people deal with this news, but um, you're not alone. Get the help yeah. that you're seeking and, and find the people that are going to support you, but don't let anyone else's stuff become your stuff.
0: As a breast cancer survivor, what are some ways that you think that we could bring awareness to the disease uh, outside of just October? Yeah, um, this is
2: partially a semantic thing but partially just a frustration I feel like that a lot of breast cancer survivors have where a lot of us are sick of hearing about awareness um, without there Mm. being action behind it Um, so I just want to uh, tell everyone listening like if you are primarily taking action in the fight against breast cancer by buying pink crap in October Really Mm -hmm. look and see how much of your money is going towards anything worthwhile because it has become such a marketing play for so many years that I think a lot of times people think they're doing good because they're picking the yogurt that has the pink container or their. Oh, someone wrote this whole thing about products that are pink in October that are like extremely bad for your health and like toxic you know, but like, what are you buying? Um, where is the money going? Um, what's the change that's actually going to come from this? And it's hard. I I wish that we could take everything at face value. Um, I wish that we could say, Oh, every single company that does something for breast cancer awareness month, um, is going to do good with that money, but that's not true. Um, so many are in it for for purely a marketing plan because they know that that's going to be a popular option. Um, so I would implore them to do their due diligence um, when it comes to making a purchase that they think is going to you know, raise funds or research or whatever um, for for the fight against breast cancer when really it's not doing anything. So I think that's also probably all year round too. If you want to do a walk or, um, some sort of event that's given by an organization, look into that organization (laughs) and really see where their money is going and see the grade that they're getting and, um, make sure that you feel good about, you know, fundraising for that, um, particular cause. And that's something that happens all year round. Um, I think that, you know, in terms of, um, getting involved as well, you could, you could get on the mailing list um, for Dr. Susan Love. She's someone that comes to mind right away. Or, and there's another, I don't know if she's the one who does it. or there's another organization that's like, we want to eradicate breast cancer in like the year 20, 2030 or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And you can sign up for their newsletters and they do different studies and they need all types of different people, people with cancer and people without, um, and you could just keep your eye on what are the studies that they're that they're looking for that you could potentially be involved in, or obviously giving your time, um, even if you can't make financial contributions, giving your time for organizations that are doing good here, volunteering in some way. Um, that's something that that we could do all year round. Um, and I'm also mm-hmm. a big fan of like recurring donations. So you know, pick that cause that speaks to you and them, give them. 10 bucks a month um and just have it recur forever know that you know you're you're contributing in the way that that you can and and there's you know funds coming through
1: individuals are sick of awareness if it isn't actually taking some sort of Mm -hmm. action Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm, actually like helping these individuals (laughs) yeah Uh, sort of reminds yeah it, it sort of reminds me of uh what marketers do when it comes to the LGBTQ community, right? Uh, you slap a rainbow flag on something, yes. and Now we're supporting, or you slap a, a pink flag on something, and now we're supporting. You know, it's, yes. we're not actually taking action. So yes, uh,
2: yes, and we don't need f- more awareness your... like for better or for worse. Exactly. Right? We all, right. we all know LGBTQ person. We all know mm-hmm. someone that had breast cancer, like. Great, let's let's actually make a difference. Let's go call the senators so that lbgtq rights don't get taken away and they can still get married. Let's you know volunteer. Mm. Let's do. an unfortunately, Avon Thirty Nine Walk is no more. I was I was there for six years with them, mm. and, and my yeah. very small team raised over one hundred and nine thousand dollars in the six years that. Which made. is incredible. We, uh, but we haven't fa- like we haven't we haven't it's been two years now. I kind of can't believe that. Um, wow. but you know, I need to, I want to do my due diligence to find, okay, what's, what's the next cause that I'm getting behind. And I'm going to, you know, be at the, at the top of the mountain saying, okay, everyone give me money for this place. And
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you might've alluded to this already, but from your perspective, how can brands Uh, Start to partner or honor or take part in uh, breast cancer awareness month in in an authentic way. Yeah, because we know it's not it's not the the pink bagel over at Panera Bread that's doing anything.
2: Yeah, a million percent. Um, You know, I think it it, and I'll just I guess I'll keep talking about Avon Thirty Nine. What was amazing about Avon Thirty Nine is that um, what they where their money went was to not only, um, scientists and people looking for a cure, um, but also back into the community. And what I love so much about doing the New York walk, um, at closing ceremonies, they would announce how much money that particular walk raised. And then they would give out the really big checks and they would give out a dozen big checks. And some of them were, $200,000 and some were $50,000 and some were $10,000, some were $300,000 or a million dollars. And it would go to just different hospitals, um, different clinics, different, you know, here's the nonprofit that delivers meals to breast cancer survivors. Here's the nonprofit that offers daycare to women who need to go for their treatment and don't have that option for where they're putting their kids. Like, um, so I think that, you know, it doesn't have to be on that necessarily grandiose of a of a scale, although, you know, it certainly gave me a great um a great perspective, um, a great per- perception, I guess, of of Avon itself as a company, that they were looking to do this. Um and they made this happen for so many years in so many cities um and took it so seriously. Um but for any brand of any size to be able to get behind um either an organization that they believe in already um, or to create something new. Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a business coach and I've had a client um, who is a, you know, one person owner of a spa in I think like Santa Barbara, California, and she decided to put together um, a running team. That she said, okay, anyone who anyone in the community who wants to join my running team, um, we're going to train for such and such a race, and I'm going to charge fifty dollars a person, and all that money is going to go to such and such an organization. It could be that small. She'd like some mm-hmm. you know, people join or whatever, and she gave all the profits, whatever she believed in, kind of created her own thing. Um, I live in Montclair, New Jersey, and every year there is the Donut Run that Montclair Bread Company sponsors and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think it goes to the, that money goes to a different organization I think every year, but it's usually something within the community that they stand for. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels really good every year to not only run a 5k and then get donuts uh, at the end. Which, <laughs> wouldn't want that? Um, and while you're running, they have like donut holes while you're running. Uh, uh-huh. is, uh, but you know, to, to have this very, you know, small business um, be able to pull something off like that, it just makes them really there's obviously the good you're you're doing um for whatever charity they're, they're, uh, they put this together for but you know such a good good standing within the community of of me as a resident knowing what Montclair Bread Company does.
1: Yeah. Right. I think it all boils down to are you actually making a difference? Are yeah. your actions actually no, Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and for you know a bigger company to not be afraid to start small Yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely yeah Yeah. Yeah.
2: yes although it is worth noting that um i do i do and i did feel that there is a disconnect in the products that avon is making and the messaging Mm -hmm. that they that they you know are putting out through this walk because they do not have a very good rating with the environmental working group which is a really fantastic website in terms of the toxicity of their, um, of their products. And so, you know, I would say to them, you know, and they would give out like a lipstick or whatever in the, in the swag bag when you, you know, registered or whatever, when the walk started and then I'd be like, I'm not using your lipstick because it's mm-hmm. not natural enough for me. That was a big change that, that I made after my diagnosis and they would say, Oh, we're coming out, we're coming out with more natural line. We're kind like, okay, well, where is it? Hurry up. So, yeah. I, so I also <laughs> feel like there needs to be Um, things that are very aligned with, you know, what, what you are promoting, what you're doing. Um, yeah,
0: you have to walk the walk in all areas
2: of what you do. A million percent. And it doesn't negate all the money they raised and all the good that they did. But I, I also am like, I'm not going to be your consumer, which is insane. (laughs) Which
0: is insane Yeah, because
2: your products aren't safe enough for me.
0: Right. You know, speaking sort of on the topic of authenticity, uh, you were extremely authentic in the way that you told your story, you know, back in when you were first diagnosed um, all the way through sort of becoming cancer free. Um, ukulele and all, which we we (laughs) loved seeing those videos, but what, what really made you want to tell your story? I mean, not everybody who gets a cancer diagnosis immediately thinks, you know, I'm going to share it with beyond just my family and friends, but something, Mm -hmm. in you obviously felt like you wanted to share.
2: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel that it was very much tied to my business. So when I first got diagnosed, um, I, oh my gosh, I was in my first full year of entrepreneurship. So I, I quit my job in March of 2010 to be the one I grow up coach um, of all silly things to do in the middle of the recession. And um, I, you know, so this was like a year and change after that. And so um, I have a public platform with my business. And even back then, back then the public platform looks different than it looks now, but I had a blog that people read and I was on Twitter and you know where people were back then um, and Facebook and whatnot. And I felt, I've always been very transparent to my blog readers and people that follow me business wise. And it didn't feel right or good to me to hide this from anyone. I need to be honest with my clients because to me, that was really one of my biggest, biggest concerns was, um, as a coach, I didn't want to make my problems, my clients problems. Um, but I also didn't want to hide anything from them. So for me, it really was all about, okay, I know I need to make this announcement and it was because I was phase one and because it was just quote unquote, something to get through. Like, how could I do this in a way that, won't bring the room down as much as it could. Um, so I wound up writing the song called "I Got Boob Cancer" and uploaded it to YouTube and put it on my blog and I guess I put it on Facebook and it kind of wound up going like as as viral as anything has ever gone for me, but not like viral in today's mm-hmm. like yeah. in any way, shape, or form. Um, so that was that was really kind of the the reasoning. Behind, it. I don't know. I don't know if I would have done it if I didn't have my business.
1: And when you did start sharing your story online and started to post and started started to go viral, as <laughs> I said, uh, were you ever approached by any organizations or brands uh, to to share your story through them?
2: Um, no, I mean, eventually, I really got tied into Avon Thirty Nine. Probably once I walked for four years or five years. Um, they, I don't know, kind of just embraced me in a way and tapped me on the shoulder to do a whole bunch of PR stuff. Um, so I was in their last marketing campaign and some print ads and I went, I, I got to be on project runway cause they had a tie in with project runway and I assigned wow. them like crazy NDA and be on an episode of project runway. And it's crazy and then <laughs> and then they um they asked me to be their closing ceremony speaker um for the what wound up being the very last walk in New York City which we didn't know at the time so um mm-hmm. other than them trying to do that the the places that kind of profiled my I got Boob cancer ukulele song were news outlets and um someone someone wrote an Elliot Glazer um wrote an article on vulture or something about it like mm-hmm. oh this girl with her pink ukulele I'm not you know like what and now I feel like oh my god Elliot Glazer is like a... I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh you know they they were and people would say oh I just saw you like on my news my local news and I was like what um Pix11 did a feature on me through Avon 39 um that tied into the walk so so that was really um the main piece but I didn't there weren't any other like brand mm. requests or, or company requests or anything like that.
1: That's still amazing. That's oh. mm-hmm.
0: so going back to what you said a little bit earlier about how, when you um, first started out on this journey, you, you signed up for that site that sent you a, a literal binder yeah. of information. Yeah. Um, how, how do you think, patient stories like yours, like all of the other ones that exist out there can help shape strategies for connecting with with patients, starting their treatment journey. Like, you know, a binder at the time I'm sure was helpful for you, but what would you like to see maybe exist today um, that wasn't around when you were first diagnosed? Oh
2: gosh. I mean, I think, and I don't know if this is something that now exists, um, but you know, the second time I, I was diagnosed was in 2015. And, and so I felt like, Oh, I've, I'm all tad at this, whatever. I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. go and look for other things, but if there yeah, was- you were in a different totally, state of mind. Totally. Yeah, totally. Um, if there was an app that was like, here's the place to keep all of my test results, all the medications that I'm taking, that gives me medication reminders that lets me take notes on side effects I'm experiencing and lets me, um, scan in the papers that the doctor would write from my doctor would always like do these sketches of what was happening or, you know, write down certain things. Um, if there was, if there was an app or a site that could do that, um, Mm -hmm. that would be, I think, major because filling up that binder. I mean, that binder wound up, I think I wound up taking out more than half of the papers Um, and the papers that were in the binder were really helpful in terms of like, here are the questions to ask when you meet with oncologists and here is a place to write down every single doctor's appointment and what the findings were. And, but because it was all pen and paper, um, and Mm -hmm. that wound up being the place where every time I got a sheet of paper, I would put it in that binder, schlepping that binder around, um, especially when you have breast cancer and like you don't, you know, you don't have that strength in your arms once you have your surgery. And you know, the thought of even leaving that behind somewhere, like if I left it behind somewhere, if the paper fell out, like it's everything. And unfortunately, oh. um, you know, there's not, uh, the us doesn't have a place where it's like, here's all of the patient records for everything. You know, I can't go to mm-hmm. one place online that's saying, here's all my records for everything ever. And you know, everything is there. um, you know, I wound up going through the New York Presbyterian Cornell Weill, um, doctors network. And a big reason was because it was like, okay, well I have a portal and I have a place. And when I go to the breast surgeon, they could see what the oncologist wrote and we could see the report. I mm-hmm. necessarily have to be the one to bring it to, you know, each visit, but I was yeah. brought that binder or it's just a lot. So I think that that would be something huge. And I think, um, I really think it needs to be something that goes directly to the doctors um, and probably the radiologist too, because I feel like that's everyone's first stop um, or everything mm-hmm. is, you know, when someone gets that diagnosis, oh, it is so overwhelming and you have to make such quick decisions that you know nothing about. And I think yeah. that, you know, every. Oncologist office, at least that I've experienced. I've, I've had two oncologists at, at this point. Um, they all have support groups and they all have, you know, a yoga class for survivors and a nutritionist that you could schedule an appointment with. And like, that's all well and good. But when you're first diagnosed, that is not what you need. Like you need, you need to say, you need someone to say, here are the organizations that are going to help you right away. Or here's the person that I could connect you to. Or like, here's exactly where you need to go, what you need to do, so that you can make the informed decision for you. And if the doctors had something on the, the tip of their fingers saying, here's the app that you need, or here's the organization you need to go to, or here's yeah. one person you need to talk to, like that could make an enormous difference because you don't want to go to Dr. Google. And I'm not the expert. Like to me, I'd be like, this is what I experienced, this is what I know, but that's it. Like I don't, I can't help anything else on top of that. So um, I think that would be. Super helpful to have that at a doctor yeah. level and give them that information. I yeah.
1: would, I would hope that the Young Survival Coalition sort of like phased out the binder approach. Now that we're in the future, you Yeah, know, yeah, at least go to a website or or potentially that app you spoke to. Yeah,
2: totally. I hope so too. Although I gotta tell you, like it was so helpful, because um, ha- the binder was this like really well done. Um, you know, they called it the navigator and that's really what it was. And, and the fact that all that information was in one place and I didn't have to go try to, um, piece this from here and this from here. And when I went to a new doctor, okay, what do I need to ask? And what do I need to know? And it would say like, you know, before your first chemo, do this. And, um, that, that was so helpful. So I wouldn't want them to not offer that but, yeah, hopefully if it's in an app or it's in a, like, if it was just a printable, then I right. could, like, print it out and make my own, bind buy- or do whatever I want with it or scan it or whatnot.
0: Yeah. It sounds like anything that can kind of keep you away from Dr. Google yes. and in, yes. in another yes. safer space yes. is, is a positive thing yes. for any new patient. It's one of those
2: things, like, you don't know what you don't know. And so Mm -hmm. you don't even know sometimes what to look up. You don't know until you're there at the, you know, new oncologist's office and they go, Oh, do you have any questions? I don't know. Do I, what am I supposed to ask you? So like having that at the tip of your, of your fingers was really helpful. Um, so I'm not like, I'm not poo poo pooing that, that, um, that particular resource. It's just like, Oh, the way that it's, delivered, I
0: guess. It's clear talking to you now, you know, you've, you've developed such an amazing business and career and, and have so many facets that you, of yourself that you sort of have delved into and reinvented. You're someone who clearly has a strong sense of self. Do you feel like you always had that, you know, before the diagnosis, or do you feel that somehow through this journey, you've, you've found it in that? was it something that started or something that came out of going through what you went through? Well, that's a
2: very nice compliment. Thank you so much. Uh, (laughs) Funny, Do I see myself? I mean, I've always been a very confident thank you theater, I guess. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. and motivated person, like self-motivated person. But I think going through the whole (laughs) identity crisis of, um, being an actor and a performer and, and wanting that to be my job and my profession since I was, you know, six years old to not doing that, that was, that was a huge identity shift for me. And I think possibly by going through that, I learned that lesson of like, you're allowed to change and you're still yourself and things are okay. And, um, you know, that's what makes you who you are and all the, you know, life coachy things that, that go with it. So, um, I'm not one of those, like, uh, everything happens for a reason because I've just seen and experienced too many horrible things to really believe that. But, um, but I can, And I think I always kind of have seen like the the silver lining and I call them now the begrudging life lessons of, you know, I wish I learned that any other way than this, but I guess I had to go through that in order to
0: find it. But you made it, you made that lesson.
1: You made it through. Totally. Got to be thankful for where we are today. Yeah, exactly. We know you've taken a step away from creating uh, the cancer theme music. Yeah. uh, But for someone out there who is looking to use their voice as a platform, To fight against their personal struggles or a major life event like a diagnosis uh do you have any advice for them and where they would be able to start
2: yeah i think um this is going to sound so cheesy but i'm going to say it anyway like i think you need to just follow the whispers of whatever is gonna be fulfilling for you so like my second diagnosis i think because it felt so much more doom and gloom and um you know because it was phase 3 because my daughter was a year and a half because it was just mm. treatments um even though I didn't have to go through the surgery again it was like I got the most amount of chemo you know they call it the red devil for a reason wow. that's what they gave me um you know I was not writing ukulele songs it's not what I wanted to do but at that at that point I felt very called to like start journaling more and learn how and I'm not an artistic person in like a a visual drawing way, painting, whatever I can, I'm not, I'm bad. Um, but I felt very (laughs) called at some point to be like, I, I need to journal. I want to learn about art journaling techniques. And, um, that was kind of how that came out of me, you know, in that moment and what I wanted to do, even though no one has seen that and I'm not going to share it with anyone. It was like what I needed to do for myself. So even though, and I guess in both instances, I was kind of quote unquote, called to do something that I had never done before. Um, And so I would just encourage them to listen to whatever that whisper is of how they might want to express themselves or how they might need to process this stuff um, and just let it take whatever shape it wants to take, even if it's not something that they've ever done before.
1: I love that. So much. You, uh, you are definitely opening my eyes to Aww, a couple of things and lovely. learning through you and what your your story currently.
0: Aww, <laughs> Michelle, thank, thank you. you, thank mm-hmm. you so Aww. so much for taking the time to talk to us today. What it has been pleasure. an absolute pleasure and. We're just glad that we we know you. Oh,
2: well, ditto, 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 ditto. (laughs) And and invite me back whenever you want, because I will be there with those on. Thanks, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much. Oh, and Michelle. Yeah. uh, Do you want to give the listeners your Instagram so they can check out all the latest what you're doing?
2: Totally. Mm. I'm at when I grow up coach on Instagram um, Mm. and like come follow me it's not really thank god it's not really boob cancer stuff anymore because like
0: mm-hmm. it's kind of over yep. and it's
2: never coming back but um you know you could just keep on scrolling uh, quite a while you could find like the avon walk pictures and mm-hmm. um if you're mm-hmm. scrolling you'll see the hair changes and you'll see um you know all of those sorts of posts because i was i was sharing a lot every step of the way over there so mm. that's the oh. place
0: to go great Perfect. so at when i grow up coach on instagram. yeah
2: instagram.com yeah. slash when i yes okay. you can go to when i grow up coach.com too and you can just click on the instagram awesome
1: link. Well, right. thank you thank, thank you
0: michelle you
1: I remember y'all follow the whispers <laughs> <laughs> Our sincerest thanks to Michelle for joining us on the podcast today and speaking to her journey then and now as a cancer survivor.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we did. And until next time, bye! bye.
2: Oh, I got food cancer. But don't let it ruin your day because I just wouldn't want it that way. It sucks. What more can I say? I got food cancer.